0: The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash LOL. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash LOL. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. I'm actually going to be opening with the LCS much briefer thoughts, and I won't be doing any recaps for these weekend shows again because I'm not going to have witnessed the games, and I'm doing this ahead of time. So, apologies for the weird layout this week, a weird format, but it's just a you know the way it has to be for now. So, given the time sensitive nature of what we're doing, anyway, it's currently about 4:53 a.m. on Thursday, February 1st, 2024. Um, Here's how this is going to go for this weekend because, like I said, I think I've mentioned it in every show so far. I'm going to be out of pocket this weekend traveling. Um, I'm really not going to have a whole lot to say about this LCS sleep because I'm still not entirely sure what to think of these teams. So, what's going to happen with the LCS is I'm just going to give you like really brief thoughts. I have a couple plays I like this weekend pre flop before seeing Friday's games. But obviously, I'm going to be playing Saturday and Sunday without having watched Friday's games, so take these with a grain of salt. Um, I'm not too confident in some of the stuff I've seen in the LCS so far. Besides the fact that I think Cloud9 are just better than everyone, which is not a hot take, but a lot of these other teams, I'm still kind of, you know, feelers out, collecting data, visually, like reviewing team, trying to figure out like what's going on with these teams, and a lot of them. I mean, we've only seen. Four games. We just don't know a lot. So, I'm going to give you my brief thoughts on this LCS slate on Saturday. Um, I'll probably do the same thing. Super brief. Super, you know, not much to say about the Sunday slate as well. So, first up we have Team Liquid minus 201 against Dignitas plus 163. Um, I didn't play anything here. I would lean Dignitas, actually. I think this is a little rich for a Liquid team that still kind of has a liability in the mid lane. I don't mean to keep dunking on APA, but until he proves otherwise, it's probably just going to happen. Um, if we end up getting like a plus 7.5 kills, I'll actually play Dignitas, but I don't think it's going to get there. I think it'll probably end up being like a 5.5 or 6, so no play in this one. Except we have FlyQuest plus 178 against Cloud9 minus 221. This was an interesting number. FlyQuest have... have Done pretty well. Um, they had that messy first game, but they've looked pretty good otherwise. Their underlying metrics are legitimately good. But it's still Cloud9, and I still think Cloud9 are probably a full tier better than like everybody else in this league right now. Just one fluky loss because they beat themselves in draft getting too cute with the vein isn't going to change my opinion of them. I mentioned this yesterday. Um, the model's actually like a play-on-fly quest here, but I'm going to play Cloud9 kill spreads. I think... I would play this up to cloud nine, minus seven and a half. I think it's probably gonna be six and a half or five and a half um at this price. Uh anything up to seven and a half is good though. So I'll be playing that as soon as they're posted. I will update the Patreon post. It's you know, for the purposes of this, it'll probably be like minus seven and a half at like minus one oh eight or something. Uh third match is immortals plus one ten against hundred thieves, minus one hundred thirty four. Uh, models made immortals, a short favorite. Um, you know, I talked a lot about Hundred Thieves yesterday, and how I think the under the hood metrics for them are like pretty concerning. But it is also still four games. It might not be what this team is. I think it's what they might be, but we just don't know yet. So I'm not willing to like plant a flag too early on. Like, yeah, you know, I'm willing to speculate, but I'm not going to plant a flag on this is what this team is after four individual games. So especially in the LCS, where like. Everyone's so inconsistent besides the very, very elite teams, and even they have their issues. I took a shot on Immortals money line here. I just think, like, they've actually looked pretty competent to me, and 100 Thieves definitely have their issues, even though I kind of like some of the stuff I've seen from them, too. This is... I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't think hundred. I like hundred thieves as a big dog. I don't like them as someone laying laying a price. So I'm gonna try some hundred thieves or immortals here at plus one ten on the money line for one unit. Fourth match in the LCS on Sunday is Energy minus two eighty three versus Shop Fire Rebellion plus two twenty three. Um, models made this not too far off. Again, four game sample. Don't take what you want or don't take too much from it. Um, no derivatives out for any of these matches yet. But I would lean to maybe playing Shopify if we get a seven and a half kills or better, and maybe sprinkle the money line. I'm not. I don't think we're gonna get that. I think it's gonna be the same thing. We'll get like five and a half or six with low kill total. Um, if it's a really really low total, I might come back and actually play the kill total over. But um, that'll be you know I'll update patrons on that. I, I lean Shopify plus seven and a half kills or better. If you don't get that, then probably just pass. Um, I just think like. I'm still willing to sell this energy team, even though they're the ones with continuity and everything. I just think they're vulnerable. They have holes in their game. I don't know if anyone in NA is good enough to really punish it, but I'm going to be trying to like sell some energy and buy some of these lower lower teams. But I don't know. We'll see. Could end up looking stupid. Continuing working backwards through the Saturday slate, we're going to do the LEC first. Um, I just have some data to input into the Eastern Leagues, and I want to make sure I get... Uh, The games from earlier this week for the teams they are going to be playing Saturday because I haven't gotten to that yet. So I'm going to be working through that, and I'll be recording this separately in the afternoon for the uh, Eastern Leagues and releasing hopefully Friday or Saturday and Sunday later this afternoon. Uh, First up in the LEC for Saturday, we are now into winter playoffs for um, the year 2024 here. Uh, Our first best-of-three matchup here is Team BDS minus 248 on the money line. The minus 1.5 maps at plus 139. The plus 1.5 is at minus 815. Against Team Heretics, plus 198 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps, minus 169, minus 1.5 at plus 547. So uh, I've brought it up a couple times in week two and week three, but it, it's interesting. BDS are like a really, really fascinating handicap because I, I compared them a lot to like the academies in college football that run like the triple option offense where, you know, they're very good at what they do and. But to be honest with you, like a lot of the teams just don't want to waste practice rep time on preparing for them and getting ready for it. So they just have like this distinct advantage, like from a preparation standpoint, that kind of overcomes the fact that they don't always have the best athletes and everything on those teams. I think that's kind of eerily similar to BDS. Maybe it's a little bit of an extreme example, but they're just a they're a team that gets a huge amount of their their win equity from Adam and their their weird wonky cheesy shit, right? Now, I'm not saying BDS are a bad team. I th- actually think they're good and they've actually been improving. Like their underlying numbers are improving, so I think they're legitimately pretty good, but they're just always going to get they're always going to be worse than their record. It's just one of those teams, right? Now, heretics haven't looked all that good this season either they've been about as middling as it can get they've they had a couple really really like terrible looking losses but if you actually look like most of their games like they're very clean in wins and you know a couple of their losses were you know coin flippy or reasonable games that you know they could have won they weren't blowouts or anything so it's weird I, BDS are kind of like the hot new thing not the hot new thing, but they're, like, right now in the in the LAC, they are, like, the hot thing. Like, they're the, you know, besides G2 being G2, and G2 have kind of, like, quietly kind of crept down in the fan excitement level and all that, but BDS are the thing that everyone's talking about, and BDS are the cool thing, and they're they really high in the standings, and they're winning all these games, and they're fun to watch. I normally love a chance to fade, like the, hit, the quote, hip new thing kind of situation like this. Um... I also like buying low on teams that have disappointed their market expectations or their fan expectations in general. not that you know fan the fan part doesn't matter as much to us, but you know um, and you know it's not just purely to be contrarian, it's just typically how it goes. like things tend to regress to some kind of mean right in, in the grand scheme of things most of the time, not always. Now at first I wasn't sure. This was good enough a price for me to get involved with Heretics purely on the numbers, and and you know what? Actually, like I don't think it's good enough to get involved with them just purely based on the performance data. Like the models basically say this is a pass. Like you're not getting a good enough price on Heretics, and you know you have to lay a little bit more than you would want to on on BDS. But I'm gonna go against my models here and take a shot with uh, Heretics here for a couple of reasons. First, and I think this is like I put way more weight on this than the one I'm going to mention in a little bit. We're now in best of threes. I think BDS lose a significant amount of their potency when teams can actually try things and it's not best of one. I also think they lose similarly for the same kind of reasons. I think they lose a lot of their, their, their punch because teams actually are just going to have a full week to prepare for them. You know, I, you know, again, I'm speculating, but I, I sincerely think, just like knowing how these teams operate, knowing how these coaches and and these organizations, like the regimen that these guys have, a lot of these teams are so stubborn just to change any one little thing, and it becomes all about optimizing what is optimized. And what I mean by that is like part of the reason you see the main like the same old champions over and over for the most part is that. It's not that these guys don't or can't play these other things. It's that the team can't necessarily play these other things. So what ends up happening is they decide at some point that it's not worth the, you know, f- you know, are we really going to gain that much by playing, wasting five scrim reps, playing this, trying out this champion, right? A lot of teams sincerely think it's not worth it. They would rather spend those five games getting better at what is good right not some niche thing that they think might be good now other team not every team is like that but i can tell you from experience most of them are and think that equation changes quite a bit when you get to a situation where like okay heretics had all week and bds is the only team that they're playing this week so they're actually going to prepare for bds not prepare a generic regular season strategy that you know, you see in best of ones. This is one of the beefs I have with best of ones, and a lot of people have with best of ones, is if you're a big underdog, yeah, you can you can cheese people by having one unique thing for one week. But in general, like mo- the way most teams approach it is to just prepare for generically good things. Maybe you have a, a little bit of a wrinkle here or there for for a certain team, but you don't go too far out of your way to prepare for one game. The match is different you know you're not preparing for three different opponents in a week you're preparing for just bds or just heretics or just whoever you're facing that week so you can tailor you have a little bit more wiggle room with your practice reps to maybe tailor or try something unique specific to that team or a matchup that you'd like a lot of the champions adam plays right now aren't actually that good most of his pool's been nerfed it's just that people haven't been prepping stuff against it, haven't been practicing against it you know, outside of scrimming BDS once in a while, I I really do think Herod, like I think BDS lose a huge chunk of their their potency when they have to you know either their stuff's going to get banned or teams can actually prepare for it and they don't have that that cheese factor going for them anymore. I don't think BDS are a bad team. I think they're they're fine. They're like a they're like a middling team, but. When you have a chance to prep for them, it kind of makes them a middling team, not a team that should be laying three hundred or whatever in a in a playoff series. So, the other angle to this is like Peter Dunn is actually an, he's an excellent coach. He's one of the best coaches in Western League of Legends history. I actually don't think he's overrated. I, you know, maybe a tiny bit from people because he's got name brand value, but generally speaking, he's done great things with pretty much every roster he's ever had. And he's super experienced, so I, I have no doubt in my mind that him and his staff are going to have something cooked up for this. So, the other angle, like, I guess it's like a third angle, second angle, third angle, whatever, is that, and, and this is, again, kind of speculating for projecting a little bit, I have a hard time not seeing the the old G2 guys, like all these players, having another level. I'm I'm not saying that they were sandbagging the regular season or anything like that, but we saw last year, like, Yankos looked really unimpressive for huge swaths of last year, and then when the playoffs came around, he just turned it on and was, like, a completely different player. He looked like the... Like, he was legitimately one of the best players in the league in the playoffs last year, and, you know, I I know he probably still has a little bit of that in the tank. Perks, I don't know. The rest of these guys, I don't know. Wunder was really good when he stepped in for, you know, Fnatic last year, despite how that went. But he, he was fine. No, I, I mostly just don't think, like a team with prep that's competent and has a competent coaching staff and that's experienced is should be this big a dog against a BDS team that I've been kind of looking to fade. And, you know, I, I don't even think Heretics are all that good. I just think this price is out of line is all. I, I kind of disagree with my models on this one um, because, again, like BDS, it's a highly qualitative team. So I went with Heretics um, plus 1.5 maps at minus 169. For 1.69 units, Heretics Moneyline plus 198 for a half unit, and Heretics minus 1.5 maps at plus 547 for 0.1 units. There are not really derivatives posted in any of the major books yet. Um, There's a good chance I'll be playing kill total overs in this one as well, depending on where the numbers are at, and maybe like dragon total overs as well, neutrals. Um, I'm not going to play anything just yet. Obviously nothing's posted yet. I'm waiting for that. Uh, Patrons will get an update in uh, in the uh, post that I made on this one. Alright, next up we have G2 laying a fat minus 888 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at minus 170 against Giant X, plus 586 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at plus 140, minus 1.5 at 14 to 1. Giant X have shown flashes. Giant X are coming into this, having won a couple games. Um, This is a team with a pulse. They are not a dumpster fire team. They deserve to be here. I've liked a lot of what I've seen from this team, but they're still a very raw, very young, very inexperienced team, and they're going up against the best team in the West here. And, you know, G2 haven't looked all that good relative to their ridiculous level that we saw last year, but I gotta tell you something, you look under, you look at the underlying metrics for this stuff, G2 are still playing at a pretty ridiculous level. It just doesn't look as flashy and as crazy as we've seen from them. Um, I, I just, this is just a massive mismatch. I, like At some point you have to bring some kind of qualitative angle into this stuff, just like I did with the last match. Best of threes are a very different beast than best of ones. And when you have time to prep for someone, it's a lot different like prepping for G2 is an absolute nightmare. They do everything. Well, they're ridiculously good at everything. They have all these pocket picks that you have to deal with. They can carry from all four. They can carry from all three lanes. Um, They can play top centric. They can play. They, they literally can do everything. And part of why I think they're the best Western team is that they are versatile and they practice all of this different stuff and they play all this different stuff and they're constantly pushing their own boundaries. So, as optimistic as I am about Giant X, they're still very young, they're still very raw, and this is a very tough ask. And, you know, no model is going to make this a short price for G2, but, like, the you know, a quote-unquote mental model or a gut check or whatever you want to call it or intuition or whatever, um, I just think, like, I will pay to see Giant X take a game off G2, and if they do, good for them. Now... The case against this is I'm overpaying. And the other case against it is that G2 kind of just bowed out early in one of their seasons last year. Because ultimately, I mean, ultimately winter doesn't matter all that much in the LEC. So, like, maybe they're not prepping for this. But I, I have a tough time not seeing G2 completely obliterate this team with time to prep for them. Like, I just don't. Like, Giant X are... They're they're interesting. I think they got a lot of good things going on. But if you give a team time to prep against them, I think they're going to get picked apart. Especially a team that's got all the all the weapons in their arsenal like G two do. So I went against my models on this as well. I'm playing G two minus one point five maps at minus one seventy for a one point five unit stake. A one point five x stake. You know, I I like what I see from Giant X. I do, but. Th- I'll, I'll pay to see them take a game off g2 if they do then that's fine i can i can live with it but i think there's a very very real chance that g2 just completely steamroll these games um the derivatives for this stuff aren't up yet again i might end up playing like unders neutral under stuff like that because I, I really do think g2 are just going to completely smash this team so if you want to wait and see if i have any derivative plays maybe play like I might end up playing kill spreads or something, although I'm assuming they're just going to be massive. So I'll probably find some other stuff like the time total under or neutrals under, stuff like that, to try to take advantage of this. But I think G2 Steamroll. All right, moving on to the LPL on Saturday morning. We have Invictus Gaming, plus 158 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 195, minus 1. 1.5 at plus 417 against Thunder Talk Gaming, minus 194. On the money line, minus one point five maps at plus one fifty nine, plus one point five at minus five ninety two. So, even without the, the the complete stomp that OMG put on Thunder Talk this morning, my models couldn't get to this price point for Thunder Talk. It's really, really weird that they got completely smashed this morning. I know it's like sometimes teams just have bad series, but. Thunder Talk, like, legit beat LNG, obviously, first week of the season, first series of the season. It's, you know, weird stuff happens. They looked pretty competitive against Weibo. They probably should have won game one against Weibo, too. But this – they looked really good against two good teams in the first two series they played and then just got completely smashed by an OMG team that, frankly, I think is not that good and haven't looked that good this season. It's just a really bizarre outcome. But like I said, like even without, even before that, this was a big, big number for Thunder Talk. Like you would not normally think that, like if you if you just said this is a good team or a playoff team against Invictus Gaming, this wouldn't be that big a number. But Thunder Talk are kind of like on the cusp. I, like I don't, I think they're going to end up being like the ninth or tenth seed. Invictus, I don't see him making playoffs, but at this point, they have you know they've beaten two of the teams below them. And for these for these like bottom of the table teams that are battling for those last couple of playoff spots, it's critically important for them to beat the teams that they're going to be competing with to have tiebreaker. Well to have the effective tiebreaker against a lot of those teams. It's like a double swing, right? None of these teams are 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 fighting to be top five or top eight or whatever because they're they're just not good enough. So it's really, really important for them to beat the teams that are near them in the table. Uh, this is just too big a price for what we've seen so far. I, I played Invictus Moneyline plus 158 for one unit and the uh, Invictus minus 1.5 mass Massive plus 417 for a quarter unit. I'm also going to probably play the under 23.5 kills at plus money. Right now it's lined 24.5 at some of the square books. Um, I would imagine we're going to get like plus 105 or something on the under 23.5 kills or something close to even money anyway. Uh, we get close to even money, I'm going to play the under 23.5 kills uh, IG have been pretty consistently landing in like 21 22 23 range and TT clearly want to play a more controlled methodical approach to the game so I th- I kind of like all tunders in this situation no official play on that yet patrons will get it uh, I'll send an update when they're posted but right now they're not posted at the uh, major books I just think this is too big a number uh, so I'll t- I'll take the dog this is this should be a competitive match watch TT old you know flip back uh, like flip the switch back on and just completely smash now that i'm now that i'm going against them <laughs> i just realized i did this out of order um ig thunder talk is actually the second game on saturday the first game is top esports minus 649 on the money line the minus 1.5 maps at minus 162 against rare adam plus 456 on the money line uh the plus 1.5 maps is at plus 133 and i forgot to write down what the minus 1.5 maps is so give me one moment the minus one point five is at plus eleven, eleven. So I'm, gonna, I'm literally adding this to my sheet right now as we're doing. <laughs> um, so Rare Atom have really not looked good at all. They they've they they kind of sh- like showed a little bit in their first series, despite the loss, and really have just looked like pure dog shit since then. Top esports are not a favorite that you typically want to be laying the sweep with because they just, like, this is a Jackie Love team, and Jackie Love just does really stupid shit like every other, like, honestly, like every other series. He's an incredible player. He's a severely overrated player, but he's still an incredibly good player. This lineup is incredibly good, but... Anytime you're dealing with a Jackie Love team, you have to deal with the fact that he just has these donk off moments and usually they're against bad teams where he's just, you know, fucking around or stop trying to style on people and or just lazy and gets caught recalling or gets caught out of position and just like loses his team the game. It's why I'm never ever gonna really have a ton of respect for top esports. Like to to really go far at worlds or in playoffs or anything like that, because they just he he's just an idiot sometimes. It's so frustrating. But I I think there's a big enough quality difference here. Like this is like a two tier difference at least. Probably more than that. And usually in these kind of situations you'd be laying like fifteen hundred, two thousand, ten thousand or whatever. Rare Adam look like one of the worst teams in the league right now. And you know, I, I, I'll I will gladly overpay for a sweep. When there's like this big of a qualitative difference between these teams, if Jackie Love ends up doing his stupid shit and donks one off here, that's totally fine, I'll take it. But we're gonna play top esports minus 1.5 maps of minus 162 for one unit. If most of these derivatives aren't up yet. I will likely be playing a kill total under in this one as well, but um, nothing's up yet, so lastly. In the LPL on Saturday, we have Billy Billy Gaming, minus 12.14, minus 1.5 maps at minus 248 against Edward Gaming, plus 7.47 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at plus 198. The minus 1.5 maps is at, let me once again do this because I'm an idiot, made the same mistake twice. Uh, the EDG minus 1.5 maps, if anyone's going to take that, is at 16 to 1. So he, the deal with this is like, EDG look like a complete dumpster fire. None of these roster moves have worked. I don't know if the org just cheaped out. We talked about this before the season, but it's like the whole the whole going young thing sometimes it's going to backfire. Like it's not always a bad idea, but it is sometimes not going to work. And in this case it didn't work or hasn't yet. Uh, I mean it's pretty unrealistic to expect like most of the league to upgrade their bottom lanes and you're playing a dude that's played like four professional games going into the season like I'm talking professional like in academy as well. So I I'm just gonna like until EDG show me literally anything, I'm gonna be fading this team. I, I mean, at this point the prices are starting to like the market has realized that this team isn't what it used to be. The the price memory is just completely gone now at this point. So we're not gonna get the big fat juicy numbers that we were getting. Um I'm I'm talking more specifically like when EDG are favored against the bad teams, which will probably still happen. But right now, BLG look like the best team in the LPL, and EDG look like one of the worst. So don't overthink this. I think BLG just sweep. And and for what it's worth, BLG look to me like pretty clearly the best team in the league right now. They just look the sharpest. I, I mean, if I think eventually JDG probably gets there and and all that, but right now, before the Chinese New Year like this, I mean, BLG look really really sharp. Like they look like they've been playing all off season. So I'm a little surprised we didn't get any kind of hangover from them. They look really really good right now. So. I played BLG minus 1.5 maps at minus 248 for one unit. I'm not doing this as an official play, but you could actually get pretty spicy with this and play. I mean, I wouldn't do this with a top eSports sweep, but if you wanted to, you could maybe play like top eSports money line BLG sweep as a parlay for, I don't know. That's probably going to be like minus 120 or something, but that's an interesting look too. not making an official play, but just a thought. All right. Moving on to the LCK for Saturday, uh, two extremely uninteresting matches. These, this ought to be pretty quick. Um, First up, we have KT Rolster, minus 369 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at minus 113, plus 1.5 at minus 1068 against DRX, plus 283 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 107, minus 1.5 at plus 677. So um, DRX got completely raffle stomped by T1 this morning, which comes as no surprise to anybody. They were, you know, minus 10,000 favorites or whatever. KT Rolster are not to be trusted. This team is not as good as their record. This team is going to going to be way overrated by the market. That said, I, I still think this team has a reasonable chance to miss playoffs as well. Like, I, I really do. Like, I, I, right now, it would not shock me to see, like, it just wouldn't shock me to see KT finish, like, 7th. Now, the difference between 7th and then 8, 9, and 10 in the LCK, there's a pretty, there's, like, a tier difference there. So, even if I think KT are, like, that 6 or 7 team and aren't that good, and even if I think DRX are, like, the best of the bottom 3, there's still a pretty big gap, like, in terms of overall quality between those teams. So, as much as I don't like KT Rollster, I just, like, I think if you're gonna play this, just play the KT minus 1.5 maps, or play DRX kill spreads, like... I have a feeling KT are going to win this, but it's going to be like two ugly wins and it's 2-0 and everyone's going to look at it afterwards and be like, oh, look, they, they smashed DRX. But it would not shock me to see them not smash and just barely sneak by here. I didn't end up playing anything in this one. Uh, the, like I- I'm okay with overpaying for a favorite a lot of the time. But this was not a good enough price for me to overpay for a team that I just straight up don't trust in KT Rolster. So I don't know. I I would if if you made me play something in this in this match, I would play DRX kill spreads like plus seven and a half or eight and a half kills, and that's that's all I would do. So, but I pass this one. Our second match is the same match we saw this morning, maybe worse. T1 minus twenty two fifty four. This is going to be minus ten thousand. I'm sure. I I haven't actually looked. Let me see. I believe this is probably going to be like minus 10,000 at this point. No, not yet. It's not there yet. Um, but it's T1 minus 2254 minus 1.5 at 352 against OK Brion savings uh, plus 1179 on the money line plus 1.5 at 271. Um, the minus 1.5, is that just the number that doesn't matter? <laughs> Brion to sweep is 25 to 1. So, yeah, just... I I, I I almost never lay these huge kill spreads and I know Brion, have, Brion do their superhero routine a couple times a year where they just turn into a, a complete mammoth of a team. This exact matchup last spring, I remember I was cause I was traveling the same weekend. I, I remember this vividly. I was traveling the same weekend and I was getting on I was literally getting on a plane as T one. I had I had double staked T one to sweep against Breon Savings, and as I was getting on a plane, they lost their they lost game two after smashing or no they lost game one and then I got on the plane all pissed off and then I got off the plane and they won the next two games in like I think they won the next two games in like a combined forty eight minutes or something like that so yeah the The thing is, this this Breon team, I've talked enough. Like I've talked ad nauseum about this at this point, but they look just anemic. Like they look completely lethargic. They have no teeth whatsoever. They don't punch. They have zero confidence. They tried switching up the junglers last uh, earlier this week. Just didn't change anything. They got issues. It would not surprise me to see more roster changes with this team. Maybe a coaching change. Um, But yeah, just. I just don't get cute like this is I don't know if there's a big enough number for this T1 look like the best team in the world right now T1 and BLG look like the two and maybe Genji as well look like the best teams in the world right now okay Brion look like one of the worst ones period in any league so yeah don't ever think this one I don't think there's a big enough price for it it's good to like minus 500 or minus whatever T1 sweep this minus 352 uh for the sweep two units. That's going to be it for this one. I'll be coming to you with a super brief Sunday review uh, podcast shortly.